Sports talk with a little bit of an edge. Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. You found the Crowley Show. Where your mom listens and you should do. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. You can join the cast of dozens. Follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina, Shirtless Tom, back in the studio. I am here at Buford's Kitchen, right across the street from PPG Paints Arena. Come on by, grab some Bud Lights. Check out Tom and Brian on Twitter at ButtonPusher970, at FBomber73. Before we dive into Penguins and Lightning... Pens and lightning. I gotta ask this question. Because Katie O is here on site with us too, and she says that she won a spelling bee back in sixth grade. Is there a more underrated or pardon me, overrated talent to have in two thousand eighteen than being able to spell? No. I mean I, I I don't I don't think there is, Brian. What do you think? I think spelling is absolutely a lost art at this point. Yes. Do you have a bubble in your throat right now? Yeah. <laughs> Tom, what do you... I, it's okay, gone. So, so spelling might very well be a lost art, but at the same time, I mean, you got spell check on your phone, you got spell check on the computer. We'll see. You can't rely on technology, Adam. I can! Yeah, but you're, you're a semi-smart guy. You're not a yeah, bad speller yeah. at all. I, look, I get it. Spell check helps if you're writing long form and you need to go through a document and check it out. That's the spell check that works. But like if you're if you're doing it on text, you usually it usually autocorrects to different things anyway, you know. So it's like you need to know how to spell a little bit. Yeah, man. Crowley, don't you ever like nail like a fifteen letter word, a couple syllables in there, and you just absolutely rip off the correct spelling? You feel like a million bucks after doing that, man. Thank you. There's no high that you can any drug can achieve than nail than just absolutely nailing a word and spelling. Yep, and honestly, you're damn lazy in today's yeah. today's day yep. and age. If you get basically one of those misspelled words out to people that's on you man because the tools are there so by that you should learn to spell better because of these tools and not rely on them proper spelling is my anti-drug Adam. thank you kate appreciate the time just say spell josh joey joins us in 15 minutes on the crowd he should have talked about the penguins and the lightning i'm sorry that was awful I mean, you wanted this guy back so badly, Crowley. I mean, every oh, the whole last hour. Where's Brian? Where's Brian? Where's Brian? There he is, bringing that to the table. Look, Did I miss it? a bad joke? What was the bad joke? It's a little crowded up in here. I forgot what it was. Now we don't, I need don't to even know what it something was. Something about a Just spell really, or something. Yeah, I mean, pull the tape then, Tom. I mean, Katie it, it, said she was anti. Or that was her anti-drug spelling, and I said, "Just say spell." Like just say no. Yeah, yeah. It's a bad, bad joke. joke, dude. I told you. Why'd you keep on it? <laughs> you know why he kept on it? Because he's usually the one making that exact just same trying joke. To, just trying to highlight exactly. that I did one. One time okay. you do one like All that. Right. Thanks. Honestly, Colin. if you didn't say it, it was probably coming out of his mouth five seconds later. Mm-hmm. All right, before we get back into Penguins and Lightning. <laughs> it was the Pens and Lightning. Is there a word that you either, and I'll expand it, that you either can't say or can't spell, one that always trips you up? Oh, yeah, there, there's a couple, but you know what the big thing, and this is on me, I get it right, but every time the I before E except after uh, C, oh, I have to no. do the math in my head. Oh, every every time. time I spell the word, I got to do the math. Guaranteed is a hard one for me. Guaranteed's good. Because uh, there's an A in there that you wouldn't expect to be there at the beginning. Is there anybody who doesn't spell beautiful with B-E-A-U-tiful? And you know... 
Well, that's how I learned it is because of Bruce Almighty. The yes. Movie Bruce Almighty. You've seen that movie, Crowley? I have. Wow. It's quality. That's Steve how Carell. I learned how to spell the word beautiful. It's the B-E-A-utiful. <laughs> Thank God for cinema. Thank God. <laughs> Jim Carrey. I said Steve Carell. That's the other one. That's yeah, Evan that's Almighty. The that's you, the I would be the one to see Evan Almighty. And not my Bruce father Almighty. can't say Massachusetts. Every time he tries to say Massachusetts, it comes out with uh, a bad word in the middle that I can't even spell <laughs> on the radio. Oh, my family can't say anything correctly. They're people. They got roofs on their house. You know, they got zincs in their kitchen. It's all crazy, man. And it, the funny thing is, is like some of the older generation actually spells them like like they're when they spell sink, it's with a Z. <laughs> I can't say benefit of the doubt. You can't. I know you can't. It just it, it becomes one word. Benefit of the doubt. I can't get it out. Intents and purposes. For all intents bad. and purposes, we ran into that with Jerome the intern. That's a bad one that people can't get out. Yeah, that is a problem. Uh, that's one that uh, can be an issue. Uh, KDO is trying to give away tickets right now. Uh, I have trouble spelling acquittal, but oh, that's that's, a good one. that's not something that I need to use in sports radio ever. Well, actually, you have to use it a lot more than you would think. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true, uh, actually, especially well, in the NFL. There aren't a ton of acquittals, actually. There are a lot of convictions, yeah. so just spell that one and you'll be that's It's either a conviction or the charges are dropped. There's <laughs> yeah. no in-between. Just ask Ben Roethlisberger. I can spell oh, domestic boy. violence. Yeah, I can spell that well, too. V-I-O-L-E-N. C-S? C-S-N-E? Sure, Crowley. Okay, very good. I nailed it. Tonight, Penguins and Lightning. It was the Pens and Lightning. Dayan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com wrote a piece today saying that the Penguins' move to bring in Tanner Pearson and get rid of former Stanley Cup champion and a key cog in the Penguins' 2016 Stanley Cup championship was a panic move. I don't buy it at all. Others have said it's about panic. I don't see it. The Penguins, they wound up getting a 26-year-old who has scoring touch. They gave up a 30-year-old who they weren't going to sign this offseason, who he'll make some plays in the postseason. He's not going to score goals. There's a lot of logic in the move. And I think that whenever you talk about panic, then inherently there is no logic. Uh, panic is whenever your house is on fire, and instead of stop, dropping, and roll, you throw your kitten out the window. Uh, that's what panic is. Uh, the Penguins aren't panicking here. They're thinking. It, it does show the Penguins need to get it together, but it doesn't show that they're panicking. Maybe if Rutherford didn't have a track record of making these kinds of moves, I'd consider it panic. But guess what? This is what Rutherford does. He makes deals early in the season. Scuderi and Daly deal, December 14th. Perron for Haglin, January 16th. When Perron was brought in initially for Rob Klinkhammer. Hell of a trade. That was January 2nd. Jamie Alexiak, December 19th. Riley Shane was traded on October 21st. He doesn't like waiting until the deadline. Now, he has, he will, but he gets things done, and he gets them done early. That, to me, doesn't scream of panic. That, to me, doesn't scream of desperation. It means that Jim Rutherford more than anybody else gets the pulse of this team. Jim Rutherford, more than anybody else, knows how to get the Penguins going. And they needed motivation right now. It's stirring the pot. It's not panic. It's a guy like Patrick Hornquist being really upset because his best friend got traded. It's a guy like Brian Russ thinking, oh, damn, if Hagelin's going to go, 
then maybe I could go. They're both crucial members of the Penguins' previous two championships. If you can start trading guys off who have been part of championships, well, then that sends a message to the entire club that, oh, my God, nobody's safe. I think Ole Mata is a better player than a lot of people do. And he hasn't been great this year, but he's not been as bad as people think. He might be on the trading block. Or at least he's going to consider, maybe I am. I think that there's a ripple effect through the entire roster that's going to help them play better hockey because this team has played good hockey when it matters in March, in April, in June, in two of the last three years. Last year, they lose to the Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals in game six of the second round. So they know what important hockey means. They know what it is. They know when you have to play it. Well, I think Jim Rutherford's starting that clock a little earlier right now. I think Jim Rutherford, by making the move that he did, makes the Penguins feel like they've got to play with some desperation. Maybe they panic. Jim Rutherford didn't. Maybe he gets the Penguins to understand that just because it's November doesn't mean it ain't important. I think the Penguins now start playing hockey like it's later in the season. I think Jim Rutherford's move will work. Josh Joey going to join us in nine minutes here on the Crowley Show, 412-922-2874, as we get closer to Penguins and Lightning. It was the Pens and Lightning. I will say this. Dayon's column, and he's very good at this, touched solely on nostalgia. Remember the empty net goal in the 2017 Stanley Cup final? Do you remember the HBK line? how good they were, how they carried the Penguins to the 2016 Stanley Cup Championship. And he paints a beautiful picture. But I think the general managers, both in Los Angeles and Chicago, they got caught up in the nostalgia too much. And I think it's not something general managers should do. I don't think that you ever need to look at a past championship team and say, okay, let's bring the band back together. Chicago's done it. Chicago's like, okay, bring you back yeah come on in doors always open for you you're a regular drinks on us and you overpay guys you fall in love with what they did i think ray shero did it i think ray shero had that exact same problem he's like oh rob scanary why don't you come back in it'll be great hey chris kunitz here's a thousand year long deal hey pascal dupuy here's a long deal and he winds up with blood clots not that you knew that was going to happen but general managers all around hockey and really all in sports they will fall in love with their championship teams, especially ones that they've built. And they'll say, sometimes you've got to go back to the future. Fans do it too. Yamir Yager, oh, he'd look great again in a Penguin sweater. Alexei Kovalev, oh, he'll look good again in a Penguin sweater. Well, not so much when he's 72 and on the first power play and the Penguins are getting bludgeoned by the Tampa Bay Lightning after being up 3-1 to in the playoffs. Nostalgia is not always the way you need to go. Good players. That's what you have to do. And you have to realize it's a business. And so saying that this was a panic move, I think it paints Jim Rutherford in a bad place. I think it says Jim Rutherford doesn't have a grip on the organization, the one that just gave him the three-year extension. When I think in reality, Jim Rutherford knows you can't always stick with your guns. Jim Rutherford knows I don't want to be Chicago. I don't want to be Los Angeles. Los Angeles has 11 points. They had five wins on the season. Chicago just fired Joel Quenville, who's one of the best coaches who's ever coached in the National Hockey League. And it's because they fall in love with old players, they stick with them, and they don't move on when they need to move on. Carl Hagen was going to be a free agent at the end of the offseason. That's not a desperation panic move. That's a logical one. One that Jim Rutherford, I'm sure, rushed to the phone to make. 26 for 30? Really? In terms of age? 
Guy who scored 15 and 24 in the last two years with a guy who only scored one goal this year? Yeah, I'll make that move, and it's because I ain't trying to go back to the future. I'll make that move because I know the pulse of the Penguins right now, and they need to change. Coming up next, we've got Josh Yowie of The Athletic, expected to be on site with us here at the Buford's Kitchen. Docking pens and lightning. It was the pens and lightning. It's the Crowley Show. Now here's everybody's favorite millennial. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Tonight it's Penguins and Lightning. It was the Pens and Lightning. No Sidney Crosby. He's going to be out for about a week, according to Mike Sullivan. Penguins made a trade yesterday. Jim Rutherford gets a three-year contract extension. Joining us now to discuss from The Athletic is our buddy, Josh Yowie. I think I hit the button wrong, Tom. Josh, what's going on, pal? I broke it. Josh, what's going on, pal? Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm doing well, my friend. Uh, busy times uh, in Penguins land right now. Uh, your thoughts, I guess, initially on the Tanner Pearson trade? First of all, my thoughts on the weather conditions and the road conditions. That the Yins are fest out here in the bad weather. It's just wild, but it's very oh. entertaining. You know what? Before we get into the Tanner Pearson trade, I'm sitting in Buford's kitchen right now. I'm looking out and seeing the snow. So whenever I leave here at 7 o'clock, <laughs> is, is it the purge basically out there? Yeah, it's pretty wild. It, Damn it! It's just, just a heads up for everyone. But anyway, on, on to hockey matters. Um, my initial impression, I think I like the trade. Um, Carl Hagelin was a great luxury to have when the team is playing well and other people are scoring goals, and he can just kind of do Carl Hagelin things and buzz around and create trouble for the opposition. But given the way things are right now, they need people who can score goals who aren't named Crosby or Malkin or Kessel. And Haglund's offensive numbers were just regressing even more from the last couple of years, and it was a problem. And, and Pearson is a guy who can score. Um, you know, he's got a pedigree. He's scored 24 goals before. So my initial read on it is I, I think I like it. I, I think this is a player that has a much higher ceiling than Carl Haglund. Yeah, I'd agree with all of that. And uh, Josh Yoy of The Athletic joins us on the Crowley Show. Your previous employer... <laughs> He said that this was a panic move, and I could not disagree more. To me, it's got merit, and if a trade has merit, then that means you're thinking clearly, and if you're thinking clearly, that means that there's no panic. You also can't live in the past. It's how L.A. and Chicago wound up being where they are right now, so sometimes you're going to have to cast aside some members of your previous championship teams, particularly, obviously, when they're at the end of their rope in your given town. Yeah, I don't see it as a panic move at all. Um, you know, Haglund was gone after this season anyway, for one thing. Exactly. And, and listen, I like Haglund. I mean, he, he, he does things to help you win. Sure. And he's a guy you love to have in the playoffs. It's not a guy they necessarily wanted to trade. I don't think Jim Rutherford's panicking. I think he's legitimately aggravated. I think he feels like this team is just lazy and underachieving and not committed to, to winning. Um, I think he thinks there's way too many guys on the team that are worried about their stats and not much else. And whether or not that's true, if that's the way he feels, he's got to do something about it. And so I don't think it's a panic move. I don't even necessarily think it's a move to shake up the locker room, even though I can tell you 
It absolutely has. There are players who are very <laughs> upset about this trade. He was a very popular guy in that room. But I don't think it's a panic trade. I think it's a needing-to-score-goals trade. And this is a guy who can help them do so more than Carl Aglin. How's he fit in, Josh? Bottom six, Malkin's wing, Crosby's wing. Where's he go? Good question. Um, I think he will get a top six look. If I had to guess where he'll end up, I think he may end up on Malkin's left line, or left wing, rather. Um, Gensel and Crosby are good together, and while we're seeing a lot of line juggling right now, when, when the big games come, and hopefully for the Penguins when the postseason come, I'd be shocked if Gensel and Crosby aren't together. They just weren't. And so there's still that glaring hole on the left side with Malkin. They're a little thin on left wing. I don't know that Zach Aston Reese is ready for a top six role. In fact, I don't think he is yet. And so that tells me that's most likely where Pearson would fit. Is Sullivan playing with the Lions a little too much? I realize now there's no Crosby or, of course, Broussard. And Broussard's been banged up this season. He hasn't played in a little while now. But even before that, I felt like there was too much tinkering and not enough time to let some of these lines sit and determine whether or not you've got something there. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I... I hate to be critical of Mike Sullivan. I, I hold too. him in pretty damn high regard. <laughs> you cannot deny anything he's done. But even great coaches have weaknesses, and he is so stubborn. And he can get so impatient sometimes. And I think that in terms of the line combinations, he's just been extraordinarily impatient with this team. Yes, he has. Uh, somebody, somebody tweeted at me the other day, why don't you tweet out line combinations anymore? And I wanted to write back because I would have to change them a hundred times a day, and I don't feel like doing that. I don't even know what the lines are right now, and I really don't. And that can be <laughs> that can be beneficial for a hockey team at times, yes, but it can also be a problem, you know. And I think maybe they're getting to the point where, especially as long as Tibbs only out for a week, like they're saying, once he comes back, stick with some lines for a few weeks, see how they look. To that point, I know Matt Murray's going to start tonight. But yeah. it's been Casey to Smith's goal. I don't think the Penguins are going to get where the Penguins want to go if Matt Murray is not the guy. So, do you maybe think about letting him play a little bit more to try to find himself? I know they need points right now. Only three teams have less points than the Pittsburgh Penguins. But my God, you got to get Matt Murray going. You do. I understand where Mike Sullivan's coming from. When you have one of the worst records in the Eastern Conference. And you got a goalie who's played really well. I understand the temptation to play him and make sense. But and I like Jesse Smith, by the way. He's a really good backup goalie. Yeah, he is. I, mean, he's, I think he's earned that distinction. He can play. But they're not going anywhere without Matt Murray. We know that. He's got to be the guy. And I understand he was pretty mediocre last season and he's been mediocre best this season. That's a concern. You gotta let him play. And I'm very interested to see how he looks tonight. This is a tough spot. He hasn't played in a while. Confidence is probably <laughs> shaky. you got a really gifted offensive team. Yes, you do. Playing against him tonight. Um, I will say this. It reminds me of three weeks ago when you know he hadn't played in a couple of weeks. He was aggravated. He didn't get the start against Vancouver at home. And he goes to Toronto and shuts out the Maple Leafs. So there, there is some precedent there that suggests he might play well. But, uh, boy, he is absolutely under the microscope tonight. Josh Joey of The Athletic joining us here on the Crowley Show. As for the trades... There another shoe to drop, and if so, who are some possible candidates that you think really could move? Well, yeah, I mean, just in speaking with Jim Rutherford yesterday, uh, he made it pretty clear to me that he's not done making deals. 
and let Casey's rapid improvement. Um, the guy that comes to mind, you know, it's a polarizing topic. It's always Daniel Strong. And, you know, it's funny. The Penguins are in a position where they probably shouldn't be trading any good, young, talented players they have because they have so precious few of them. But if you're not going to play the guy and you know you can't send him to Wilkes-Barre because you lose some waivers, what other option do you have? If they don't want to play him, they might want to trade him before all of his value is gone. I don't even know what his value is at this point. Right. But it's clear the coaching staff isn't real satisfied with him. And so he's always going to be a name that pops up. And if you're, especially if you're a struggling team that might be willing to, you know, ditch a forward or rebuilding team, that's a guy you would certainly be interested in acquiring. So that's the name that first pops up in my mind. But there are some candidates. You're not going to see any of the big names get traded off the Penguins roster. They're in win now mode. Um, but could a secondary guy, could a Derek Broussard be traded once he gets healthy? Wouldn't shock me. Uh, he's been a disappointment, no question, and they have enough depth at center they could probably get away with it. The Broussard thing irritates me, man. It really does, because when they made the move, I thought slam dunk. My God, the guy's a really good number two center in this league. If you slide him yeah. down to number three, he'll be fine. But with that comes a lack of minutes, comes a lack of power play time, and from his standpoint comes a lack of satisfaction so he moves up to Crosby's left wing before he gets hurt and and I'm just wondering if do you even know what you have in Derek Broussard frankly he was hurt last year and then whenever he comes back his line mates are changing so much I don't even know if he can do it I really don't and we're we're on the year number well I guess we're still in year number one but we're on the season number two of this and I don't know if Broussard's part of the the solution or part of the problem um, no, it's a very fair point. Uh, my, and, you know, in a way, I feel bad for him because it has to be different when, when you're used to getting top six minutes and top power play time. You come to Pittsburgh, it's kind of a different role. That's why Jordan Stahl wanted out after all those years, because he wanted to go prove he was you know, a, a big-time player and he didn't want to be in Crosby and Malcolm's shadow. I, I get that. But um, that said, um, there are issues with Broussard, and he has played with Crosby on a few occasions. And when you ask him about playing with Crosby, his eyes light up like it's Christmas morning. I mean, <laughs> he, he's almost giddy about it. Then you ask him about being a third-line center, and there's a definite decline in his mood. I don't think he wants to be that guy. I don't think he's necessarily invested into being that guy. And if that's the case, that is an enormous problem for the Penguins because you got to do Nick Benino things. you got to do Jordan Stahl things. That doesn't mean you can't score. But if you're not going to be a defensive shutdown guy, if you're not going to be able to kill penalties to do those things, that's an issue, and he hasn't really displayed that ability yet. And that's a concern for me, certainly. I could probably sugarcoat this. I won't. I don't think Riley Shane's been good this year. And if if he's the guy you slide up in the lineup and he has to be with Broussard out, I mean, that's not good. And Matt Cullen, to me, looks like he's lost a step. And maybe that's just because they're not winning. And maybe when they do and, and everyone else picks up, you'll find him playing the complimentary role that we're used to seeing. But uh, both of those guys have really left a lot to be desired this year, I think, Josh. Yeah, Cullen does not bother me as much, and I will tell you why. Um, he has not played real well in the first couple of months of the last two or three seasons. Oh, it call. takes him a while to get going. Uh, he was a healthy scratch in Minnesota in November last year. Then all of a sudden he was scoring goals in the playoffs for them and playing really well. So I would give him some time. I would suggest with Colin, he's just playing too much. 
He is 42 years old. He's in the, you know, played on the third line a lot this year. That's not really why you signed him. That's an issue. Uh, to me, Shea is a bigger problem. You don't need him to score in huge volume, but you could use 15 goals out of him. I don't think that's unrealistic. He scored, I think, eight or nine in the second half of last year. Right. And he's just been invisible in the offensive zone. He's not doing anything. And his defensive work has been affected as well. Uh, that's why I know the coaches aren't real thrilled with how he's played defensively this year. Basically, they're saying, you know, if you're not going to score, please don't let the other guys score. That's kind of your forte. And he just hasn't been good enough all around. Uh, that's one of those two guys needs to be better. But history says Cullen will be. Shane, boy, this is a guy who once went 81 games in one season without scoring or whatever it was. So that's a little bit of a concern to me. They need him to be way better. Josh, last thing here for you. Jim Rutherford signs the contract extension. I mean, any reason why this wouldn't be a good thing for the Penguins? No, I don't think so. I, listen, Jim Jim hasn't been perfect as GM. He's made his share of mistakes. Um, he's the gambler. That's, that's who he is. Um, he's always going to take chances. He's been doing it forever. But the good certainly far outweighs the bad. And, uh, you know, will he be the GM for the next three years? I don't know. Maybe he'll retire at some point. He is 70 years old. But um, I still think he's really enjoying himself. And you can just tell he's digging in right now. He smells a challenge with this team. But, but he knows there's a lot of great players here. So uh, he's got a few good moves coming, I have a feeling. I, I would not count him out. And you cannot blame the Penguins for wanting to keep him around. They've really done nothing but win since he showed up. How much do you think him signing this contract extension was because he does not want to be at home at 70 years old with a 10-year-old kid? Um, you know what's funny, though? He, he actually brings the kid on road trips sometimes, which is oh, great. Oh, man. He brought the kid on a road trip to Jersey last year. I said, Jim, why the hell are you bringing your kid to Jersey? <laughs> like, why not, you know, so like Florida or California or something? And he said, wife's out of town. I'm babysitting this weekend. I'm like, oh, God, this is great. Like, this kid's just living the life. It's unbelievable. He's got the Craig Wolfley life going right now. Wolfley is like a 1,000 <laughs> years old. He's got a bunch of young kids. Uh, Josh, appreciate the time as always, man. Thanks very much. Uh, stay alive out there in the purge, all right? Uh, hey, I'm parked. Everything is good. But uh, you stay alive as well, my friend. I'm on it. That's Josh Yoey of The Athletic. Always a great time. And he said, you don't really know what the Penguins' lines are right now. Well, they've been announced. Not that you really think they're going to stick. It's Pearson, Malkin, Hornquist. So right away, Pearson on the top line, although Crosby's out. Gensel, Shea, and Kessel. Oh, my God. Simone, Grant, Russ, dear Jesus. Wilson, Cullen, Aston race against the best team in the Eastern Conference. It yep. was the pens and lightning. I'm sure things will go well. Coming up next, hottest take of the day, other crap, three stars of the show. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Oh, no, 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 no. On ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. It was the pens and lightning. These two teams were very frightening. In fact, it was a superstar sighting. When the Penguins played the Lightning, they were icy Penguin men from an icy Penguin town. 
They were rocking up the goals and shutting lightning down. <laughs> it's an ancient penguin art. And everybody played their part. Shouting slap shots with the rip. They were shooting from the hip. It was the pens and lightning. These two teams are very frightening. In fact, it was a superstar sighting. When the penguins played the lightning. There was Captain Sidney C and little Evgeny. They said, here comes the Stamkos. Let's get it on. We took a draw and won the puck. The lightning are the penguins' cuck. A sudden motion towards the net. The penguins are the safest bet. It was the pens and lightning. These two teams are very frightening. In fact, it was a superstar sighting. When the penguins played the lightning. Pens and lightning. Oh, yeah. Gonna beat the lightning. Oh, the pens and lightning. Gonna beat him. Gonna Tom. beat the lightning. Tom. Gonna beat him. Gonna beat him. Tom. Tom. I feel like this wasn't as good as the first one. It wasn't. You want to know, you wanna know what, what happened? What Crowley? You, feel like that, you want to know what happened? What happened to me was the same thing that happened to you during Steelers postgame a couple of weeks ago. Did somebody someone text you? Me, someone called me in the middle of the song. The lyrics went blank on the screen. I had to get them back. Who was this call from? I can't say. What do you mean you can't say? It was my girlfriend. She knows you're doing a show! Guys, this is why I always say, what do I always say? I always say chicks ruin shows. Whoa, 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 hey, we never say that. That's a Brian thing, I guess. I've never said that once. Not once. Oh. Have you been thinking that in your mind this whole time? I thought you guys always said that. But Crowley, I know exactly how you feel now. It's awful. That panic that goes over you when you see the screen change, it's like nothing I've ever felt before. Yeah, because the... Song goes on, the the show goes on, the song show goes, goes on. on, the song goes on, it all goes on whilst nothing you're else. You're in your own head, you're scrambling, and no one else knows. <laughs> uh, we kind of knew there, though, buddy. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah we, no, we, we knew we picked up on that one. Brian actually laughed, I did, which well, saved I, it. I, I, I did I too, I got it back. It was he did the get panic it back. on his face, Crowley, is that I was laughing at because it was like just an OS moment. And you, because you probably <laughs> yeah, saw the, the second the screen went blank on That's me. That's awesome. Song was great, though. I just hope that little. I hope listen your to girl the first did one. not jinx the penguins. No, tonight. listen to the first one. I hope not. She could never. You guys ready for the hottest take of the day? It's time for the hottest take of the day. I love the show Jeopardy, but it's now on Netflix, and I think that's stupid. Why? Because the answers change. What are you talking about? The what? answers change. It's if a they, factual show. The, the answers it's a are the same. About facts. There's a question with an answer. Yes, facts change no, though. What? They do. What's the great? What's the best-selling book in New York Times okay, right now? Well, right. 20 years ago, it's different. What's the what? What's the? How do you do? You ever watch? It's not really that current of questions. I mean, what's the you, capital of such and such? Well, well, I don't know anymore. It used to be Constantinople, St. Petersburg. I mean, these things change. That's a good point again. I mean, there was no Jeopardy back then. 
What if there are endangered animals back when the show was filmed that are now extinct now? It changes everything. That's a good point. Again, he's three for three. Did I win? Are you mad just because you can't answer the questions yeah, on Netflix Yeah, you just Jeopardy? don't know the answers. Did I ever tell you guys what I, I tweeted yes. about this about three years ago? Where I recorded an episode of Jeopardy that my wife and I did not see from the night before. And then when we were getting ready to sit down, because we used to watch Jeopardy all the time together, I played that nice, one. Nice, Crowley. And I answered every question correctly for about the first 12 minutes before she's like, all right, what the hell's going on? It's you don't know all play. that. It's a great play. Nice. It's a fast way to get you some, boys. I'll tell you what. Yeah, the chicks, they dig the intelligence. They do. Even though some of the answers change. That's... Not how it works. It's true. At no, all. it's true. He proved himself right. It's not how it yeah, works at all. <laughs> don't change. No, he figured it out. No. How about the RMU kid last night who went, who shot 15 threes? Totally classless to run up the score like that, right? Oh, come on, man. <laughs> I know. That was badass. I bet what you they people have with? that take, though. What they finished with? 107? It's hard to say because I didn't know yeah. anything about the game other yeah. than the guy shot yeah, who 15 cares? threes. Who cares? I think there was 107 points scored. Not bad. Didn't See? The Jeopardy question would have been, who sets the single-season record in NCAA basketball for the most threes? And you know what? It just changed, baby! Yeah, but that's different. That's a whole different program. That's uh, Sports Jeopardy. He also tied the record, so the old answer is still the same. I'm four for four. We're I wanna, skipping. I want to play you in Jeopardy so bad. Tomorrow night, everyone's coming over. All right. That was the hottest take of the day. We're not doing other crap today. <laughs> watch Jeopardy tomorrow. <laughs> There's no time. I'll party and watch Jeopardy. <laughs> no time for other crap. We go to the three stars of the show. You're not going to watch Jeopardy before I get there and like cheat, are you? No. no. And record it and play it back? Yeah, you're not going to do that, right? No. Third star. <laughs> Tonight's third star of the show, Bucky Brooks. Bucky Brooks from the NFL Network, who, by the way, sounds like a cartoon character. Bucky Brooks, get sounds the like hell a, out of here. like a World War II veteran, are you kidding me? Bucky yeah. Brooks, he's fighting crime with Captain America somewhere right now. Bucky Brooks sounds like a World War II veteran in a comic book, but not in real life. So step off, Tom. <laughs> yeah, step off, Tom. Yeah, Tom. Yeah, second Tom. star. Tonight's second star of the show, Lev Bell is like... Viagra. Viagra helps you get it up, but it was not ever designed to do that at first. Blood pressure medication. Just happens to make pee-pee guy happy. Le'Veon Bell, he might make the CBA different. He might make the Players Union happy. But Le'Veon Bell, eh, he set out to create blood pressure medication. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four is the number. Wait a minute. You can tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. What happened there? So Le'Veon Bell is like Viagra. Correct. Okay. That's a hell of an analogy, man. I gotta say. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm really upset that my best analogy of all time was only the second star of the show. I'm gonna say, man. Yeah, that's a good point, Crowley. I thought it might have deserved it just out of your your body of work. Oh no. So high there. Is this going to be the stupid song again? Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Real quick. I just want to say two things. That analogy was great, was man. Great. Well done. Really and well done. you worked in Mr. Pee-Pee. Happy. <laughs> again, well done. First star. And... Tonight's first star of the show, it was the Pens and Lightning.
No! It was Captain Sydney C and little Evgeny. They said, here comes the stem coast. Let's get it on. We took a draw and won the puck. The lightning or the penguins cuck. A sudden motion towards the net. The penguins are the safest bet. It was the pens and lightning. Who let the dogs out? What is I'm sick of that song? <laughs> I'm done with it. You know you're going to be singing it on the way home. I will be, but you know what? I'm a little upset that my analogy falls backseat to a song that Tom screwed up the second hey, time man, around. man, he picks them. You look, know how yeah, it goes. I, mean, I don't man. pick them. Crowley. And I look, pay my, a guy to pick them. In my personal record book, Crowley, that was a first star. Thank you. That's, you're welcome, You don't buddy. mean that. No, I don't mean it, but I'm just All trying right, to make him feel better. Tomorrow on the show, NFL Hall of Famer Tony Baselli. We'll also be talking puck. Fat Jack will join us to handicap the games. I might be drunk, though. Wife's out of town. Nice.